Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Breeze. It's been two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're getting adjusted. It's been so nice, hasn't it? Yes. Like having a, nice. a nice like break where it's like, ah, oh, we actually get to sit down. And that's what Sawyer and I've been doing. Like the weeks that we don't record and put out an episode, we just kind of been getting together and like still getting together and <clears throat> con- like conceptualizing. Right. Brainstorming. The next or- yeah. What are we going to talk about this week? You know, and stuff like that. But Planet this phone yeah. calls are happening again. Yeah, phone phone calls are coming back to life. Um, but this week we're gonna kind of pick up from where we left off last week, and yep. we wanted to really tell y'all about our our the origin of our, our origin story. God, I feel like that's a good Marvel movie or something yeah. or a DC movie. Yeah, like the the origin of our spiritual walks, like where yeah. it started, and questions that Christians may have that may be you know new Christians that might be Christians that have you know, been in the faith for a while, but yeah, we have some questions and we're going to try to back these up with either, uh, scripture or from leaders, that, who yeah, know leaders in our church, really you well. know, somebody who's, who know them better than we know. Yeah. I got some of the experience on them. So, uh, but yeah, you ready? Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive on in. All right, so Sawyer's going to start us off with his background story, how, yeah. how you got into the faith, where it all started, yeah. you know. Um, I think your family's, you know, been in church pretty I, yeah, heavily. I've pretty much been in church my whole life. Yeah. Um, ever since I can remember, we were going to church, and I think I went to church more as a kid than I, went, than I go now, if that makes sense. Really? We were there. We were there with, you, if the doors were open, we were there. I was about to say, you go to church pretty often. Now, yeah. So I feel like, <laughs> we do you there. go more than that? We like, were there Sunday. Um, now, I'm a kid, mind you. And like, I mean, you're there, but I'm like. You didn't have a choice. I'm like sleeping in the pews and stuff. But <laughs> that was, those are the craziest. But yeah, pews. Like, our church had pews, if you haven't had that in a while. And um, well, I, we went on Sunday. I'm pretty sure at some point we had Monday night prayer that we were going to. Beautiful. We had, uh, then Tuesday night was off. And then we had Wednesday night. I was there all day, it felt like. Um, and then Thursday night, we had like choir practice. And then back again on Sunday. And it wasn't just Sunday service. Sunday night service, too. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you are like, you are, you love God if you're going to church on Sunday it's night. It's crazy. Because you got to go to work Monday morning. I don't feel like, I don't feel like in, no churches are still doing Sunday night services. I don't feel like that's the thing anymore. I hear a lot about Saturday night, but I don't hear much. Saturday night? Yes, dude. Saturday night service. And it hits. You talking about relevant? Like relevant? I know. I've heard of people doing it as a separate service um, for people who can't come on Sunday. Yes. But like, it's just like the same sermon he preaches on Sunday morning. He just yeah. preaches a Saturday night. for. I know relevant does that. Um, which I love to go on a Saturday. So yeah, it's like, you say, wake up Sunday, you're like, I, I don't got to go to church. So, but yeah, no. So Sunday night service, yeah, Sunday crazy. night service. Um, and now I we just grew up there. It was at it was right down the road actually from here. Um, grew up there. That's where I kind of had my upbringing. Um, you know this and that. And then I think there was at some point my parents. Uh, we left and we went church shopping, if you will, and went to a few different places. Now, mind you, I'm still still young. I kind of you know. You go into church, but it's not necessarily because like you're making a choice to go to church. It's like you're getting dragged along. Yeah, you're like, just kind you of getting dragged along. But I definitely got to see a lot of different um, 
a lot of different churches and how they do, you know, different things and stuff. I grew up Pentecostal Ooh, for the most part. We're on the uh, different side of the train yeah, tracks today. Yeah. I grew up Pentecostal, so it was the full... And I just want to clarify, I just said oof when you said Pentecostal. There's nothing, yeah, wrong, no, with nothing wrong with Pentecostal. But from my background, they're, they're, <clears throat> anyways, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. so... um. Yeah, so it's the whole shebang, speaking in tongues, grew up around that. I love that. Uh, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, worship could go, you know, for the 30 minutes, or it could be the whole service. You know, you never know. Yeah. It was kind of just I fun. love that, though. So, so yeah. it's like spontaneous. Like, you love it, and you don't. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. when you're feeling it, like, this. When you're in it, it's like the you're best. But if you're not, you're, you're like, like oh, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, anyway... But yeah, and then um, we ended up going to Centerpoint for a long time of my life. And that's where I really got involved. Um, that's where I was a teenager at and got, you know, plugged into a youth group and started coming on uh, even like, I started meeting with the older kids, I guess, on Sunday nights. They did have like a college group. Okay. And I was, uh, I was like maybe 16 or something and I'd still go <laughs> just sliding right yeah, in there. And I just hung out and everything. And that's also where I joined the worship team for the first time. Mm. Um, I started, I joined the worship team before I could drive. So I would have to ride every Sunday morning with, uh, I'd have to find a ride Dude. every Sunday morning to go with somebody to practice and, uh, get there. And, um, and then, like I said, still Pentecostal. Still yeah, going crazy. Now, what church were you at? Center Point. Center Point. Center Point. Okay. Used to be Harvest Temple. Harvest Temple. Still love that church. Still Center Point. They got ten years of my life. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, know? you got history. Yeah, it's like it's it'll always have a place in my heart. Um, but that yeah, that's where I really got plugged in, and then for a minute there, um, under Davis James, I, we were it was me. A buddy and Davis James, we ran the youth pretty much. Really, it was I like that was dangerous. It was crazy during COVID, mind you. This is during oh, COVID. Yeah, so there was like no limits, like no restrictions. So I feel we like. were, yeah, we were sneaking. I guess sneaking. We were at the church every day. Like I would get off work and we would go to the church every day. Yeah, um, and we would shoot videos and stuff, or shoot videos and live stream services on Wednesday night. And it was literally just me, Davis, and Devin hanging out. Like that's what it was. Oh yeah. Um. And I would do worship every once in a while, or Nathan would come in and I'd play guitar and he'd sing or something like that. Yeah. And it was just crazy. Uh, Zoom. It was all on Zoom. Zoom? Zoom. So you had nobody in front of you? You no. were just like going crazy on the camera? Yeah. Just it was just guitar solo? Very odd. <laughs> very, very odd. But um, I could just see the chat going crazy. <laughs> The chat and Zoom, just like, amen, like, hallelujah, or whatever. <laughs> no, these are all kids. They were just there. Oh, that's true. That's true. I love watching our Christ Chapel um, yeah. live stream, just watching everybody comment. I'm like, I love it. God I is good. It. Yeah, God is good all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> Sorry. Thank um, you. Um, but no, and even, I can remember even then, like, I was in it, but I wasn't quite, like, in it, sold out yet. Yeah. Like, I, I was a Christian. And I, I debated even saying like, oh, I got saved at this age mm-hmm. because if I did that, it was probably like eight. I was probably eight when I got saved, when I prayed the prayer, but yeah. I did not. No. It didn't click. I, feel I like, think I was like 18 before it really. I feel like a lot of people go through that. It's like the stages of Christianity when mm-hmm. you get saved, it's like you're living in this sin and then you get saved. 
but now you're living in the sin with Jesus. So it's like, oh, okay, but I'm a Christian. <laughs> and then finally you actually grow up and become a Christian yeah. and you leave the sin behind and now it's just yeah, you and yeah. Jesus. So yeah, I get that. And it's that's like, like kind of my story. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I can remember, for whatever reason, I don't really know. I went through like a phase of like, I don't know if I believe this. Mm. Like, I went through, like, went through that. I was like 17, 18, something like that. I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if this is it. Like, right. that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, but sure is the world, you know, I did the right thing and prayed about it. And like, yeah, I was asking like, God, you know, <clears throat> show me, you know, do, give me a sign, show me something, do something to show me that, you know, you hear me like that whole thing. And he, yeah. he showed up. So, and then after that point, that, that was when it was kind of like, oh, okay, this is it. Like, I, yeah, I'm this in. is the way. Yeah, I'm in. Truth. Life, the life. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But um, and uh, that kind of led me to, I was in the youth, um, or a, a youth leader. I was eighteen, so I was out of high school. But um, one of the youth leaders, I guess. Talking about the the prime time at Christ Chapel. No, or, no, 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 no. That was. I keep forgetting we didn't meet until we were like twenty one. Yeah. No yeah. mind, scratch that. So and I served there, and I ended up. We had like a group that they were, um, they were probably like sophomores. And mm-hmm. went all the way up until, and I served all the way up until they were in their senior year and graduated. And when that happened, I was kind of like, I think I'm done here. Yeah, <laughs> like, think I'm out. And then, uh, or like, I felt like, I felt like I'd finally done something, I guess, yeah. for Christ, if that makes sense. Yeah. You um, served your purpose. Yeah. But I was like, now I got to find the next thing. And <laughs> um, next thing I knew, I was getting a call from, a, uh, from Devin. He was saying, Hey, we're short on guitar players. You think you could come and play uh, at Christ Chapel for us? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and um, didn't take long, and I was over here. Rest is history, right? Yep. So I've been at Christ Chapel for what? Four, three or four years? What? No, it's got to be three. Three. Three years? Three. Yeah, we went to, and I guess I'll kind of jump into that. Yeah, but... just jump in. I guess switching gears here to my little background story. So I have always been a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So, and for those not watching this, air quotes. Well, quotation signs. Yep, air quotations. Um, and I like I went to church as a kid. Like mm-hmm. my parents took me into church and everything like that. It wasn't, um, but it was one of those things where it's like, if we had something more important going on on Sunday, uh, yeah. we, wouldn't meet, we wouldn't make church, right? And so uh, we were, you know, we were Christians when we wanted to be Christians, and we weren't when we weren't, right? Which, I didn't have a lot to do with that, because I was like six, so... You just went along you know, for that the was ride. Like, hey, that's on them. That's not on me. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, so, anyways... Accountability. Yeah, that's on them. They're going to get judged. No, I'm kidding. I need to stop saying stuff like that. No, I'm kidding. I love my parents. Um, so, anyways, my parents get divorced when I was eight years old. And that's kind of like when I got out of church, Mm -hmm. um, which you would think that'd be something that brings you closer, but kind of went the opposite direction. And uh, so I didn't really go to church that often. And so basically fast forward through elementary, middle school, I get to high school and still not going to church. Got a lot of bad habits. um, To say the least. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least for for a 10th grader. And so anyways, but I met Cassidy um, in the 11th grade. And I've always had, like, the biggest crush on Cassidy. Like, I remember, like, she was trying to, she did, like, cheerleader tryouts in middle school. And I was like, this is You're it. In. She's it. She's it. Did um, she ever make the team? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think she was allowed to. I don't know. Oh. 
from I don't know. Skirts are too short. I think <laughs> I think <laughs> Keith and Bridget operated a little different differently back then. Yeah. Anyways. And so but I always heard that you like you couldn't date her. Her dad said you couldn't date her until she was sixteen years old. So anyways, fast forward through you another couple challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> fast forward through another couple of girlfriends and um <laughs> I'm sixteen now. She's sixteen. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna shoot my shot. I'm gonna riz up. I'm gonna go at it. <laughs> Sounds so lame. That's crazy. Sounds so lame. And you literally got on me for saying facts last week. I know episode. I did. <laughs> hey, but that's old. Riz and you just said riz up. Riz up. And so, you know, I shoot my shot and it hits. It didn't miss. It hits. <laughs> I was like, let's go. So when I first started dating her, I was like, oh, this is gonna be like all my other girlfriends, like, right. Which you know, I was, I was a kid, like, I was like, whatever, you know, yeah. this isn't going to be, this is ain't not, this, it's just this a ain't a real thing. It's just, yeah. I'm testing the waters, figure out what I like. Yeah. And, um, and I hate looking back at that. I sound like such a smug, like, <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was a rough. smug. And, uh, but anyways, what I didn't realize was how big of a, of, of a part of her life was family and church. Right. And so that wasn't really a huge part of my life at all. Like, yeah. especially church. Like, you know, I went, if I, if I wanted to go, I went to go hang out with friends and that was it. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't really go to like get something out of it. So her dad had a church in Barnesville called Legacy Center. Yeah. Just started it up. It was fresh. And, uh, every day. and that's actually where I met Michael King. Like me and him like knew each other, but we were, weren't like really friends in uh, high school. And that's wild. I thought y'all were friends in high school. So we were, we were like, I would say King and I were like acquaintances. Like yeah. we knew of each other. We hung out in the same like group of friends, mm-hmm. but like we weren't like, I wasn't like going to his house and hanging out. He wouldn't come over to my house and just me and him hey. hanging out. But once I started dating Cassidy, we, you know, we got a lot closer. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, I love for people who don't know anything about our friends. They're just like, who are these people? <laughs> who are these people? Um, and so I started Michael going, King's in both of our weddings. Yeah. Michael King anything. was a, a groomsman in, in my wedding and Sawyer's wedding. So shout out King. Um, if you listen to this, but so anyways, I started going to church, right? And that's kind of when I really was like figuring out the faith for real. Cause like as a kid, it's like, Jesus died for me. I love him. Thank it's you. a, it's, it's a like, weird space. It is a weird space. Cause you really got to like m- navigate it by yourself. Like, yeah. It, um, well, at and, least that's what you feel like. Well, it's because I didn't really like, um, and I'm not talking down to my parents, but I didn't really feel comfortable going to talking to them right. about it. And I didn't really know Keith well enough back then. I was dating right. his daughter at 16. It's I, weird how, even something that you're not fully sold in on, it, even from the first time you're like encountered with it, it feels so personal. Do you, under, do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? There's like a, a, a like an attraction to it. Yeah. Or like a, a, I don't know. You're almost like, what's it? Magnetized? Not Yeah, mag- you're drawn yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, you're drawn and to it. And it's so personal, even though you're like not a Christian yet, yeah. or like you don't really get it yet. It's still something that feels like so personal. Right. And I and guess. so you don't talk to people about it in a way. Yeah, it was like, well, I always thought in my head, I was like, I don't need anybody to help me with this. I can figure this out by myself. It's just a relationship with God, me and him. That's it. <laughs> and it is as simple as that, but me it's and not. you and you and me. I'm telling you, it, it was that simple, but it wasn't. And so, like I said, I kind of went through that phase where it was like, I started dating Cassidy and I was like, oh, I started going to church more often. I was like, all right, you know, Jesus is king. He's my guy, right? <laughs> my man. My man. So, my man. um. I believed in them, but I didn't drop off all the bad luggage I had. Mm. So I was like, I'm just going to roll with them. 
but I'm going to keep all the stuff that I like to do with me. All right. these bad habits I have, I'm going to keep them. And so we started, Cassidy and I started, you know, dating longer, a couple years in, mm-hmm. and I started realizing like, oh, oh, crap. if I want this to work, and at that point I knew I loved yeah. her and I wanted to be with her, I was like, I got to drop some of the bad stuff off. Yeah. And so that was kind of the, the point where I was like really in it. Like yeah. I was struggling. Yeah. Because it was like, I don't really know how to explain it. Everybody knows this feeling. It's, um, it, it even talks about it in Romans. Like, you, like I don't want to do these bad things, but I do them. The things I don't want to do, I do. And yeah, the things yeah. I, you know, I just read that literally yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We, and so I was trying to drop off all these bad habits, but I wasn't hanging out with the right people. Like, if I wasn't hanging out with Cassie and her family, I was hanging out with some crews that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. Right. And uh, so it was like this the just, double life phase yeah. is what I would call it. I think every Christian goes through it. You got to. I don't I, think. Yeah, I it, think it's unavoidable. You have this double life where you and that and that to me is like the most important like phase because yeah. that's where the decisions made. Yeah, that's you're what, either gonna walk the right, the straight it's really narrow. divisive, and it's like right, you're gonna take one or one of two ways. Yeah, and so. I would like kind of that that was a point where like my walk with Christ was like a roller coaster ride. It was like on highs where I was like, oh, me and Jesus, we like this, you know, we tight. <laughs> my boy. Um, and then there was other times where it was like I would fall back into sin and fall back into my evil ways. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, how can you forgive me? Like, this is impossible, yeah. bro. Like, there's no way you forgive me every time. And so, you know, I started kind of navigating that and figuring out that, like, I got I got to get my life right. Mm-hmm. So. I was a Christian, and I think that's a lot of people in church now. It's like, I'm a Christian, but when right. I leave this place, not really. I'm not living like I have a relationship with Christ. So finally, once I like got my life right, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna try my best to be obedient because right. I have not been. And so, and when I did start showing more obedience and like mm-hmm. being more loyal and stuff like that, I, I started seeing these blessings in my life. This, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That, that joy, yeah. that peace that I never felt before. It's weird. I would almost say that you kind of have to like fake it till you make it. Like, even though you might still be on this end, like in, in some place, do all the things like you're a hundred percent in. Yeah. Like do, do be obedient, be, you know, uh, serve as much as you can, even if you like, cause I feel like that's what most people do. Yeah. They're like, I don't need to do this because I, I still haven't got all this figured out yet. Yeah. I don't need to serve. I don't need to be in any position of influence because there's still stuff. That's not really the case. Like yeah. God will change you. Like he'll change you. You just gotta, you gotta dive in. You yeah. gotta be obedient. You gotta do what you're called to do. And, and that was kind of, and, and a part of that, when I finally did get my life together, um, I kind of felt bad because like I finally got right, which means I had to drop some friends right. off. I couldn't hang out with them anymore because I wasn't strong enough by right. myself to hang out with them right. and not do the things that they I were doing. I think we all have to do that at some point. Yeah, and, and I hate it because I like I really do love those people. Right. Like they were like my best friends right. through high school and everything like that. But it was like and it wasn't anything on them. It was a change I made. Right. And so, you know, but that was it's part of the me. it's not you, it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's not you, it's me. It's, and that's part of the process. It's like you gotta lose some people to yeah. to to, you know, have a better relationship mm-hmm. with God. But then I felt bad because once I finally got my life right. I wanted to try to be the light in the darkness. You, you want to win them over. But they knew my past. And so that's kind of hard. You know, it's kind of hard to go back and be like, bro, we literally drank together. Like, we, re- <laughs> yeah. we literally, like, you know, did all these bad things together. How are you going to, like, try to tell me this? How are you trying to come at it? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing that people don't 
realize it's like, yeah, I know. And that's, that's even, that even more so validates what you're saying is like, I'm changed. Like, yeah. I'm not that anymore. You know? Yeah. And so, which it, it sounds crazy. I, I mean, I get when people are like, bro. <laughs> and it's literally, and the thing is, it's like a lot of people think like to become a Christian, it's just like a super long journey with a lot of obstacles and stuff like that. But like you, and, and it can be, yeah. but there's also people that can like, it's like a light switch. Yeah. Like you flip, I'm, I'm done with the past. I'm looking towards the future. A complete 180. Right. Yeah. And, and I've seen people do that before. Yeah. So it's like each person's like spiritual journey. To I didn't like, have that experience. <laughs> no, I didn't either. It was like just this long, slow phase of, you know, trying to get out of the bad stuff and move into the good stuff. And, uh, and there was a lot of times where like I would fall into sin. And mm-hmm. this is how I knew I was still a Christian. Because, and this sounds weird, but this is how I know I still, still was a Christian after like doing all the bad things. Right. Is that I felt convicted. Right. Right. If, if I didn't feel convicted, I knew I was wrong yeah, because yeah. then it was like, I'm out. Yeah. But I felt convicted after every time. And I'm like, okay, that gives me a little bit of hope that I still care. Like, I still want to have a relationship with God. Right. So, anyways, we're in church. <laughs> we found, we found, I finally was able to drop off all the bad stuff and actually have a relationship with God. But where I messed up was, and this is kind of towards the end of my story and where, where I am now, I kind of went through a season later where I felt like I needed to be good enough to make it into heaven. Like I needed to do all these good deeds mm-hmm. to... You try ma- to right your wrong. Right. Like I try to, and every time I messed up, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and so I kept thinking I need to be good enough. I need to do all these things. I need to get people, lost people found and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like if you can walk away with anything, know that it doesn't matter how many good things you do in life. Yeah. The blood of Jesus is what get, You're gets you. You're not saved by your, your good doings. Yeah. The blood of Jesus is what gets you into heaven. Right. Not, and, when, and I love this little analogy I saw the other day. It said, um, when you get to heaven, and this is an analogy, this isn't perfect. Like, this isn't <laughs> what's going to happen. This isn't doctrine. Right. But when you get to heaven and God says, why should I let you in? Your answer shouldn't be, well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this mm-hmm. for the ministry, and I sang on stage, and I went on mission trips. It's going to be like, because Jesus died on the cross for me. Yeah. That's the only reason I deserve to be here. And so, now, I'm not discrediting doing good deeds. You should. Yeah, you should. But don't think that that's like going to get you... That's not the sole purpose on why you're going to get to heaven, mm-hmm. because the sole purpose is because Jesus Christ died on the yeah, cross. I think it's in Romans where Paul talks about that, is that our, our salvation is not um, credited to us. Yeah, it's not based on your works. Yeah. And, and uh, now that doesn't mean don't do good deeds. Do them, <laughs> please. Um, but that's not why you're getting into heaven. That's not the right. soul. Those things help, but that's not why you're getting in. And so, yeah, now I'm finally... and. After going to Christ Chapel, kind of picking up, I'm jumping around here. Yeah, we're paraphrasing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is like eight years in like <laughs> yeah. five minutes. And so, um, anyways, we, we merged with Christ Chapel. Legacy Center kind of got absorbed by Christ Chapel, and that was in 2017. And I've been going to Christ Chapel ever since. Really? That long? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, it's been a while. Y'all went first, though, right? You and Cassidy were the first ones to go Yeah, over. so we were actually greeters at Christ Chapel before Legacy Center got fully absorbed. Cause, right. Because... We knew the pastor, Keith, so yeah. we, we kind of got the insight, like, hey, yeah. we're about to go over here. So we started, like, scoping it out, and uh, we really liked it. I liked yeah. it. Billy. Billy Smith's a great pastor. Um, funny guy. Funny guy. Funny guy. <laughs> funny no, guy. Um, really, really smart. He's got a great family. Um, 
And so, yeah, we've been going to Christ Chapel ever since. Finally was able to like get my life right truly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I said earlier, I said, you know, when I finally started being <laughs> obedient to Christ, that I started feeling this joy and this peace and everything like mm-hmm. that. Don't get in your head that when you become a Christian, you're just going to have oh, yeah. happy days, sunshine, rain, you know, rainbows and all that. Because in the Bible, it does say that, you know, it rains. Billy says this all the time, it rains on the just and yeah. it rains on the unjust. That's right. And so, um, but it will be the best decision you ever make in your life. 100%. So that is kind of my little testimony. And I, yeah. I left a lot of stuff out that is kind of personal, but that's kind of where we got from point a to point b yeah and um and we're still working on our journeys it's not like well, we're finished we're saved yeah. call it a day <laughs> yeah. take we me now god we ain't finished the race yeah. yet we ain't finished yet so there's and and once you finally become like a true christian where you're like you know kind of chasing after a relationship with god mm-hmm. like then that's when you start finding like your purpose like what was i put on this earth to do and like that right. can be a whole confusing season in itself because yeah. then it's like i'm saved but what do i do now yeah and so Anyways, you figure all that out on the way. And I'm not, like <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm 24. I you know what? You're on your own. Yeah. Hey, that. by the way, y'all got all that. Um, no, that's, uh, that's kind of hard to explain. We're so young. Like that's, yeah, I know. If I was like 65, I could maybe be like, yeah. So then I found we'll, out. We'll, hopefully you'll have a better understanding of it by the end of this episode. Cause I think that's where we're headed with, um, talking to y'all. Yeah. And these are some, and so sorry, and I kind of like transition into some questions that we had. Um, or you might not have had these. I, I, I know I had some of these questions. I had them. I just never asked them. <laughs> yeah. I just obeyed. I just did it. Yeah, ob- I just, I just like, obeyed. No, but. I'll figure it out. That's kind of yeah. <laughs> and so the first question I have on here is why tithe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why um, tithe? Why does God get my money? Yeah. Why does God. Why does he need it? Yeah. What's he, what's he doing <laughs> with my dollars? But he's um, got so much power. What's he need my money for? Does <laughs> he need 10%? I ain't like I make that much. Like, <laughs> man. What's he doing with 10%? Um, no, I, uh, I didn't. I started tithing when I was, I don't even know. I was I, probably when I got my first job just because my grandpa was like always droving in me that I need to tithe. Good but, on him. Yeah. Good on him for real. Um, but he didn't really explain to me why I needed a tithe. And that is a very confusing. That's the best. That's a hey, con- you need to do this. Why? Just Don't worry do about it. it. Shut up. Yeah, just do it. And I'm, that's a very confusing place to be because it's like, I'm giving somebody, and back then I was working at Dairy Queen, so like 10% <laughs> felt like that, so much. They were getting that $20 maybe. I know, and I was like, man, like, they're really killing me here. Um, <laughs> that's a tank of gas. That's a, Literally, that was what I was thinking. This is a tank of gas, but uh, I'm starved right now. No. So tithing is, is very important, and very. I want to read the scripture first before we get, dive into it, mm-hmm. and it's Malachi 3.10, and it says... Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to, for you to store it. And I was like, I just got chills. That is hard, isn't it? That is I, so I think hard. that's the only, no, I mean, it's not the only time. It's definitely one of the only times that God says, test me. It is the only time in the whole is Bible. Is it the, the only? The only time in the whole Bible that God says, test me. Because I know there's a scripture that says, do not test there's God. There's a lot of scripture that says. But what, what would you call when, uh, what's his name, calls down fire from heaven? Um, is that not testing God? No, I wouldn't say that that was testing God. I, I guess if you were the people who were testing, uh, I can't even remember the prophet's name who called down the fire. That's what I'm fire. saying. Gosh, as you can see, we have a long way to go in our young. spiritual walk. 
but yeah, it, it, it wasn't really a, I guess in their eyes, it was a test, like who has mm-hmm. the real God, but it wasn't really a test for the prophet who was calling yeah. uh, fire down on earth. It was anyway. more of a, you know. Well, then I, yeah, I guess it's the only time that God says. Yeah, it, in it the on. Bible, it is the only time word for word that he ever says, test me. And so it's kind of awesome that like, he says, hey, if you want to test me on anything, test me by tithing. Test me on money. <laughs> test me on money and watch me just multiply. He says, I will open the floodgates of heaven and you will not have enough of of room to store it and i was like that's crazy bring it on now that doesn't mean necessarily that like you should tithe purely out of getting a blessing out of it yeah because then your then your heart's wrong yeah then your heart's wrong and why you're tithing but it is one of those things where it's like you got to look at it like this like god gives you a hundred percent of what you have and he only asks for ten percent to further the kingdom (laughs) yeah he just asked for 10% to like keep churches running and like keep the ministry going and to like, you know, spread it across the world. And so like if you really look at it at that perspective, like he's giving me 100%. He's only asking for 10% and and we're just talking about money here. We're not talking about the help yeah. that he gives you, the you know, the relationships that he's given you, the, everything else, the the air mm-hmm. in your, you know, lungs that he gives you. Like we're just talking about the 100% of money he gives you and he only asks for for, you know, 10%. Now, when it comes to tithe and giving, that doesn't always just mean money. No, it doesn't. Um, that was something I, I figured out later in life, and I figured out it was a lot easier to give somebody money than to actually give somebody, like, my time. Right. Yeah, what? or some, you know, like, coming over there and, like, working for them or something like mm-hmm. that. It was like, you can do more than just tithe your money to bless somebody or bless right. the church. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that, like, he says, you know, you, 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 know, you tithe. Watch mm-hmm. me bless you and because of your, and, oh, I can't even speak, because of your obedience. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I honestly think out of the, you know, S&P 500, index funds, whatever, <laughs> yeah. this, this tithing is the best investment you can ever Tithing make. is the key. Um, mainly spiritually, but like, it's crazy. Like once you start tithing and actually with like a giving heart, like it's crazy things, how things change. I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain it either. Cause it's like, we're not saying that. Oh, you're going to get raises. You're going to get, uh, you know, just randomly money is going to show up in your mailbox and stuff like that, even though someone does have a story like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know. It really does get multiplied, I guess. Yeah. It do- it's not that you get more money. It's that he, it, he like, makes it go farther. I don't know. Does that make sense? It it does. Like, <clears throat> and I wish I could give. It's kind of like the, the, um. The fish and the bread and stuff like that. Yeah, how, how, he, multipl- did- uh, how he multiplied. I can't speak this he morning. Really this coffee's got my tongue numb. Um, <laughs> my tongue going crazy. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he does. He multiplies what you have already. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, somebody tried to explain this to me like this once, and I did not like the way he explained it. He said, <laughs> I'm going to quote him anyway. <laughs> I'm going to quote him anyways, just because. Just the trash on him. <laughs> I, I just need to, I just need to, need y'all to hear what he said. He was like, I asked him, I said, uh, I said, why should I tithe? He was like, so you don't blow a tire. And I was like, what? Blow a tire? He's like, yeah, if you don't tithe, then God takes what you already have and he makes, messes it up. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? I was like, what? that cannot be right. He was like, yeah, he was like, he, he, if you tithe, he blesses everything you have, right? The other 90%. If you don't tithe, he messes up the 100%. And I was like, that, that cannot. And I don't think that's spiritual. Who explained this? I'm not going to call him out. But who <laughs> explained this? I'm, that is not, I don't think that is spiritual whatsoever. I think that, I don't think you're cursed if you don't tithe. <laughs> uh, and I think that's kind of what he was saying. 
but oh, I don't. Man. I I think you will you will see blessings that you've never seen before in your life when you give right. 10%. Um, and if it, and then people are like, well, I only make like this much money. Like that's even better. Like that yeah, means that, you're giving the little bit that you that have. That means you get to give less. Yeah. That, <laughs> that means you don't have to give as much. No, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky. You don't have to give that much. No, it means like, that means ten percent is ten percent is what we're saying. It's well, a percentage. That, but it's like if it means that much to you and you're still giving it away, that's like showing your a true servant's mm-hmm. heart. Like you, I think that's almost more so what he means by test is like even if you don't have it, test give it, me, give it, and I, I guarantee you, like yeah, it, it it'll come back. And I have crazy stories where mm-hmm. it was like you know what I'm just gonna trust God and you know I'm just gonna give ten percent and like crazy stories where like money just popped up out of nowhere and i was like where does this even come from and i'm not saying it's always going to be a money like blessing yeah. but in that case that certain c- circumstance it was it's like either that or like somebody pays for something yeah it was like, like yeah there's no way out of this like i'm financially poor like yeah. it's something like that and then out of nowhere it's like boom money and i'm like how did that like i never would have thought out of anywhere he could have pulled it and put it in my life he would have pulled it there mm-hmm. you know so yeah i think if anything you want to tithe because you want to give back to what God has already blessed you with. Like mm-hmm. the little bit that you have, give back to him because of all the things that he's blessed you with. But don't do it in a sense where you think, oh, I'm going to gain something out of it. Because right. you might tithe. There's, I mean, there's been times that I've tithed and, you know, done it faithfully. And I, there wasn't anything like, you know, spectacular, like yeah. blessings wise. But then you're getting into the weeds. Like, what's a blessing? Okay. I almost think of it like insurance. Does that make sense? Because like you don't always need it, but when you do, (laughs) you know what I mean. mean, Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a good way to explain. No, probably not. But (laughs) you make your payments every month, and you're covered. No, yeah, you're um, good. No, I think. uh, I think at the end of the day, it's it's a blessing. And if anything, walk away with this out of the whole entire Bible. That is the only time God says, "Test me." So that's got to be important out of the whole right. entire, all the books of the Bible. That's the only time it ever says test me. So take that how you will. But I think tithing is very important. And I'm a guy who used to be a stickler with money and I did not like giving away my money. You're for, still a stickler with money. I am still a stickler, but I tithe. If, if I pull anything out of my money, like, oh, I'm broke yeah. this week. I'm not pulling out of my tithe. No, I'm still giving no. 10%. I'll find I got that thing else. on auto pay. I'll overdraft. So. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll overdraft. I'll, I'll throw that thing in the negatives if I got to, but I'm not pulling out, out of my tithe. So the next question is, what is the Trinity? Oh. <laughs> um, oh. This is a very co- hard concept to explain. So I'm going to run some audio clips from some people, we, some leaders that we talked to at the church um, who are going to explain what the Trinity is and give them grace because I gave them two minutes or less to explain the whole Trinity. <laughs> and that is a very difficult task to yeah. complete. So here they go. Hey guys, I'm here with Pastor Roger Milam, and I'm going to get him to kind of explain the Trinity for y'all. Um, I kind of gave him a time limit here, so uh, but he, I know he's a good pastor. He's going to tell you the best way that he can. Mr. Roger. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was asked several years ago in a college uh, class uh, to explain the Trinity, and uh, I love the analogy that we just kind of came up with that uh, it's not a secret that God is God is just one God. There's not there's not three. It's not. I mean, there is God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but it's all one God. So how can it be one God when there's three? Uh, but it's the same way the analogy that we have. You know, we have a body. 
we have a soul and we have a spirit. I mean, we're only one person, but we're made up of three parts. Uh, but, but I think one of the cool ways to maybe explain that is like, uh, if you were to take water and you turn it into a shape or a form of an ice cube, uh, it, it becomes a solid. Well, Jesus was just that. He was, he was a guy that you could touch and feel and he was in the human body, but he was still, he was still God. Uh, and I thought about this in Genesis, the word says, uh, God said, let us make man in our own image. Uh, he wasn't talking to himself. Uh, God was talking to his son. He was talking to the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Trinity was there even in Genesis. And then uh, when Jesus was being baptized uh, and he comes up out of the water, uh, the Bible says there's a voice spoke out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus wasn't doing a ventriloquist act. I mean, his dad was actually talking to him out of heaven. Uh, and then Jesus also said, unless I go to the Father, the Holy Spirit can't come. So when Jesus went to heaven, then in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came to earth. And that's what we feel. In fact, we sing songs that say, I feel Jesus. But the truth is, uh, you're not feeling Jesus. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But you do feel the Holy Spirit. But again, it's only one God. So look at it this way. Uh, if God is water, then Jesus Christ, if you will, just to entertain me, uh, is a, an ice cube. He came in a solid form. And then when he went back to the Heavenly Father, then he sent the Holy Spirit, which now is uh, like, uh, you know, water can be a mist, but water can be all over the world at the same time. Uh, and that's the difference between Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's all over the place now, whereas Jesus, when he was here, was limited to wherever he could walk. So that kind of gives you an idea of what uh, what the Trinity looks like, even though it's uh, they're three different, uh, they're still just one God. Three and the same. Beautifully said. Thank you. All right, guys. So we're here with Pastor Keith Ford, and we're going to let him kind of tell us about what the Trinity is and kind of give us his exp explanation on it. So here you go, Keith. So Cody and the uh, tell people quite often if they go and try to Google or, or an accord, concordance and try to find the word Trinity. It's not in the Bible, but the word Trinity means three, uh, just means three, um, one, two, three. And we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the best way I see to describe it is kind of like a marriage where in uh, Genesis where when Adam and Eve, when he makes the statement, says when a man finds a woman, he's to leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Uh, you, you and your wife, you are two different people. But when you're working together in the marriage, you you work together as one. It's one one household. Same thing with the Trinity. You have the Father, you have the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you have the Father. That's kind of like the ultimate overall. The Son Jesus was the one who came and became flesh and and dwelt with us. And then when He went back to heaven, He said, "I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's the power." Of, of God that works in earth. They're all God. They're all individual, but they work so much in, in harmony and unity. They're like uh, a single machine, so to speak. And matter of fact, in Genesis, it says, uh, when it says in the beginning, uh, God uh, created the heavens and earth. And, and he goes on and it said, uh, when he's talking about when he created man, it said, let us create man, man in our own image. The, the word is said, let us it's the word God, but the translation when it says us, it, it's literally meaning even in the beginning, you had the Father, you had the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you had all three of them there in the beginning. So that's, they got different roles and they all are God. 
and they're individual, but they work together in such perfect harmony that that's uh, they carry out the the plan of God in the in the universe. So that's uh that's it in two minutes. Beautifully stated. Okay, so I know that those might be hard examples to follow when it comes to explaining the Trinity, and I'll tell you why. The reason being is because the Trinity is a supernatural, um, not idea, but concept. concept yeah. It's a supernatural, unlimited concept that we are trying to explain in limited, natural human words, right? Yeah. And the best analogy that I found to kind of explain this is, and I think this, you can relate this analogy to faith, you can re- relate it mm-hmm. to the tr- uh, Trinity, but basically, just because you cannot understand a concept does not make it um, not true. Yeah. Right. Not, it, you, it doesn't mean that it, see it. Just because you cannot see it, it's not real. And here's the analogy, right? So if I drew a square on this piece of paper, that would be a two-dimensional square that we understand, right? right? Now, if I took that two-dimensional square and made it third-dimensional, now I would have a cube. cube. I really wish I had a cube because like, I could kind of visualize this yeah. a little more. But So now I have a cube. That's a third-dimensional square. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take a cube and make it four dimensions, that is now called a tesseract. So a tesseract it's not something I can physically produce to you. It is not something I can make. It's not something that we, we can produce because we, we live in the third dimension, right? right. And a tes- tesseract is a fourth dimensional concept. Yes. But just because I cannot produce it to you does not mean it's not it real. Exist. Right. And actually a tesseract, a third dimensional, or I'm sorry, a fourth dimensional cube has been proven in uh, the laws of geometry, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a real thing. Scientists say, hey, that's real. That's yeah, 100% real. There. But I cannot give it to you. I cannot show it to you because we live in the third dimension, not the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's basically like I was saying in the beginning. You know, there's, there's things out there that are very, very real, especially yes. in, the, in the spiritual concept, like the spiritual yeah. world. Um, but just because I cannot physically show it to you, you can't taste it, you can't hear it, you can't smell it, that doesn't discredit it. It doesn't make it not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of like that analogy because it was like, makes sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can agree with science because it's like hard facts, but you know, whatever. So that is the Trinity. I hope that helped. But like I said, <laughs> or at it, least what we, <laughs> what we think the Trinity is. No. Um, but like I said, if it's not something that you can understand easily, it's because it's you're not, not supposed to. It's, yeah, you're literally. It's not of this world. So we yeah. are looking at it in a worldly mindset, and it's not. You can't look at it that way. You have to look at it in a spiritual concept. Yeah, or spiritual mindset. Um, keep loving to use that word concept I in the wrong it. place. Um, I love it. All right. So our third question is, ooh, I think I'll let you speak on this one. All right. Heard. What's the difference between being a Christian religiously? Oh God, I, I was expecting the other one. And right. relationally. <laughs> So what's the difference between being a Christian religiously and relationally? Okay. So how do I jump into this one? Um, there's not necessarily scripture about this one. Um, yes and no. There, not- yeah, there's examples of religious Christians. Right. And then there's examples of um, relational Christians in the Bible, I guess. Um, and I think it's kind of like that scripture we talked about the other day where it was like... Uh, 
Lord, Lord, like I cast yeah. demons out in your name. I, you know, I did these things in your name. And he says, be gone from me, you yeah. evildoers. So that's a good one. Um, he, he's talking about where they, they're casting demons out. They're saying, you know, oh, or even the, what you talked about, like, I did this, I did that, I did this, all these things, you know, in your name. Right. And he still says, department from me, I never knew you. Right. Because what you, you were trying to earn your, you were trying to earn your salvation through your works and through by law. You were trying to, you were doing the actions to glorify yourself and not to glorify Mm -hmm. God. So yeah, you used his name while you were doing the action. Mm-hmm. But you didn't do the action for him. Right. And so that's kind of goes back to, you know, um, your heart. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what's yeah, the intent the behind intent it? of your heart. Um, this is a hard concept to explain it, to It you. is a very hard. Like, we kind of um, went back and back on these bangers. <laughs> these, um, these big ones. Um, the, one I, the thing that's always been funny to me is, so in the Bible, um, the story of Jesus, it's the religious that crucify him. Yes. It's the one, because they're saying, they, they're calling him, at, like, you know, that he is a blas- what would be blasphemy. The word? Blasphemy. Whoa. <laughs> blasphemy? Good night. Blas- yeah. It's blasphemy. I don't know why I couldn't get the word out. <clears throat> because he's performing miracles on a Sunday. Because he's, you know, um, he hangs out with these people and, and this and that. He doesn't, uh, they, you and know. They, calls himself God. Yeah, calls himself God. Which he was. Yeah, which he is. was in the flesh. Um, and so the, the lawmakers and everything were just in an uproar about it. Right. Um, and which ultimately led to his crucifixion. Um, right. It's because of what he was doing. Um, the miracles he was performing, they, they were saying that he was, I think at some point they call him like a, a witch or something like that. Um, a false oh, prophet. Like, yeah, they said that... Uh, they they said that he was like basically demon possessed. Like, yeah, that he, and he was, was like, why would I control? Yeah, all because he was doing not what they might have expected. I guess right. If that makes sense, they didn't come the way that they thought he was going to come. Yeah, he didn't come. He didn't look like what they thought he was going to look like. Right, and so, um, and I guess the way that relates to you know being a Christian religiously and being a Christian relati- relationally is kind of where we were starting when we when we started with our spiritual walks how we were just going to church but Mm -hmm. then once we left church it was like i'm gonna do what i want to do i want to do whatever pleases me i'm gonna do these worldly things um i feel like that is that is being a christian religiously because you were in love with the idea of the religion aspect of it like what it means to be a christian like i you know i'm covered by the blood of jesus right but we want all the benefits yeah and it's like you're almost like riding the line when you're a Christian religiously because it's like, I go to church, I do these things, I tithe my money, I go mm-hmm. on. You check church. all the boxes, right? You check all the boxes, but it's like, do you pray? Do you pray and talk to God like yeah. like a friend? Like, and I'm not saying everybody's relationship with Jesus is different. I'm not saying you have to talk to him that way. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is it's it's not you're you're in love with the idea of like, and I'm going to use our church as an example. Like you're in love with the idea of going to Christ Chapel. I'm a part of Christ Chapel. Yeah, I'm you know, a part of the the big church. Yeah, I'm the, a part of the big church. I sing in the choir. I'm on, yeah. you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, when you leave, are you still praying to God and saying, "Lord, thank you, like, mm-hmm. thank you for having a relationship with." Like, I'm so glad that I, your 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 relationship is further than the church. Like yeah. you 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 can still have a good relationship with Christ outside of the church, 
And we're going to run into that question later, like why why it benefits you to go to church. You've got the look on the outside, but what, what do you look like on the inside? Right. You, and that's what, going back to that verse where he says, you know, like, uh, Lord, Lord, we cast demons out in your name and stuff like that. It's kind of like you're doing these things because that w- that's what makes you look good in the church. Like you're mm-hmm. check- like you said, you're checking the boxes and you're saying you're doing these things in your- his name. But at the end of the day, you're doing them to glorify you. Yourself. Yeah, you're doing Amongst them to... Amongst others. Yeah, you're yeah. doing them to make yourself feel better. You're making yourself to make- doing them to make yourself look uh, better. And you're not doing it because you actually love Jesus and mm-hmm. you want to be obedient to him and stuff like that. So, and-, and a lot of people would look at that as like, oh, so you're a fake Christian. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that far. I think in their minds, a lot of people think that like, oh, I go to church, that makes me a Christian. But once you actually start like reading scripture and like digging further, I feel like those are people that are digging still. They're they're shallow. They haven't yeah, dug it's, deep. Yeah, it's um, skin deep. Yeah, they they're they're just breaking the and this is and I could be talking to a lot of people that are just like starting out in the faith. Like they just like, you know, right. broke the ground on it. And it's like Oh, they they don't really truly understand what it means to be a Christian. They don't truly understand that you have to have a relationship with God, not just be mm-hmm. religiously a Christian. Yeah. So that is a hard concept. It's a hard concept, me. especially with the next question we're about to talk about. It's going to sound a little bit contradictory. It is. But um, um I don't know. I guess the man, I'm trying to think of the best, like a good analogy or something to, I know, to I explain this. Um, because I don't want to call anybody. A fake Christian. I don't want to call anybody two-faced. I don't want to say anything like that. But <clears throat> just, I guess, if you walk away with anything, walk away that Christianity is more than just the church. Christianity is more than just a religion. Right. It's deeper than that. It's, it's kind of like you know how like we have Facebook status and stuff yeah. like that. I guess like being a Christian, like religiously, is like having a Facebook status that says I'm a Christian. Like yeah. the status is is that you're a Christian. But when you go through your photos, it's like you partying and <laughs> yeah. like you you know all basically all the the bad stuff that you keep around in your life but your status says you're a christian right yeah i think that's a christian that's a religious like you're a christian religiously mm-hmm. when you're a christian relationally you still have the same status that i'm a christian but when you go through your feed it's like pictures of you and jesus right mm-hmm. you you actually have pictures a relationship. of you and jesus <laughs> pictures of that's you and jesus crazy. buddy buddy hanging out um and that might be a terrible analogy i don't know but I, I there, there are I think a lot of people out there that believe. <clears throat> oh, what's the what's that, the what's the? It's the fruit. Oh, the fruit that you bear. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, did you, uh, I don't know why my mind went fruits of the spirit. Um. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you a bearer of good fruit? Yeah. Right. So, and I think that's really how you can. I should have wrote that one down. I know that is for good. this one. I that was a good one. Um. But yeah, I think you really when you meet somebody. I think really you can discern whether or not they're a Christian religiously or a Christian relationally. Yeah. Um, and I think we all know those people that it's like, got the status. Hey, I'm a Christian, but, you know, is it deeper than that? All right. So the last one, is this the last one? Yeah, it is the last one. Yeah. Um, last question. Really. Last question. Why go to church? Why go to church? All right. So I guess it's going to sound contradictory now. Yeah. We well, just talked about like, oh, you, you know. Yeah, you can go to church, and but you may not be a Christian relationally. And so, like, you need to go to church. You need to go to church. You need to go to church. And we're we're about to dive in one. I think you have one of the scriptures, and I have. Another. Yeah, I have a a couple here. Um, let's see. Let me crack this bad boy open. So, this is coming straight from the Bible, y'all. This is coming straight from the Word, from the hard copy of the Word. Um, 
No, the reason I feel like, and I want to say before I like kind of like dive into why you should go to church, I used to be, and you can ask Cassidy this, I used to be the guy that did not want to go to church. Yeah, hit Cassidy up um, on yeah. Instagram. DM, DM my wife. DM. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you no. have any questions? Um, I used to Especially be. Especially the men? Yeah, no. No, I'm I, kidding. Don't do that. That's not funny. That isn't funny. That's not funny. Shut up, Sawyer. Um, no. So if you ask Cassidy, like back in the beginning days at Legacy Center, she, she would ask me, she'd be like, are you going to church? And I was like, eh, maybe <laughs> I might make it. I don't know. Um, and she was like, like, you were just trying to be edgy. I was, I was trying to be a douche. You were trying to be the bad boy. I was, I was, but I, I would tell her, I was like, ah, I'm, I might make it. And she was like, oh you have to go to church. And I'm like, no, I don't. I can still have a relationship with God and not go to church. You don't know me. Yeah, you don't know me like that. And so she literally is dating you. <laughs> you've literally been dating me for two years. No, <laughs> no, that was that was me. like the beginning of the relationship. But I was like, I can still have a relationship with God. If I mean, I can watch the live stream. I can still read my Bible, stuff like that. Which those things are true. You can still have a relationship with Christ and not go to church. But there are a lot of good reasons scripturally why you need to be going to church. Yes. And so the first one, you want to start us off? What you got? Uh, I got Hebrews. Yeah, run it. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 is all I got, because I think it gets the point across. Um, Let's see if I can read this and get in the mic. And let us watch out for one another other to provoke love and good works. I can't speak. You got to clear something out. I'm literally dying over here. You got to clear out. (laughs) Get it out. All right, good. Wow. Yeah, that was rough. It sounded like I just smoked a pack. Run. Let me try that again. It's starting again. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, and some as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. So that I mean that sounds like church to me. Yeah, that and it, and we call it church. We call it going to a certain building and we yeah, call it's it it's not a building, it's a it's people. the people. It's the people. It's not the building, it's the people. You can get together with a group of people outside of what we know as church, the or building. Outside of these four walls. Yeah. Right. And we can just do it in your house if you City want to. City church does it all the time. Right. They, they get together at Sixth Street um park over there in Griffin. So that people can I know I can't speak. <clears> all right. Lord. I just want to clear my throat for you. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> But um, yeah, so like anybody who's walking through can kind of show up, you know, I I always thought that was cool. But yeah, um, it goes outside of a church building. It's, it says, let us not, not gather together, encourage one another, get together and pray for each other, um, you know, disciple each other. Yeah. So it really just means don't stop meeting. Like be with one another, pray for one another. I like how it says as some are in the habit of doing. You, did you catch that part? Run it back, run it back. So it says, well, I might have lost my spot, but no way. Hey, this Bible is stiff. It Almost is. like it hasn't been opened. <laughs> hey, that's not mine. That's Casty's. No, I'm kidding. God, that's <laughs> that's Casty's Bible. That ain't mine. That is crazy. All right. It says, says, and let us not uh, watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing. Mm. Which is, I, that's goes, crazy. That goes it? back to a Christian religiously and yeah. a Christian relationally, right? So I love how he called some folks out. <laughs> he See, hey, out. If Paul can do it, we can do it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if he did it, we can do it. Um, it's, and it's like so, like, backhanded, as some are in the <laughs> habit of doing. Um, no, I have another one. I have uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 
14 through 20. And it says, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong in the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And so, and it goes on a little further um, to 19. If they were all one part, where would the body be? Um, as if they were many parts without a body. So mm-hmm. that sounds very confusing because I just talking a lot about the body. But well, let's think about your think about your body. What you, if just one day your hand decided not to show up? Yeah, just said nah. I ain't doing <laughs> this out, today. Dog. Right? Or God forbid your leg. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. Like, you ever have your leg fall asleep? You (laughs) get up and it's just like not operating right. You're just like dragging it. You feel like you're going to fall over it. I'm telling you, that's the worst feeling. And I feel like that's what 1 Corinthians here is really just trying to say that the body of Christ, it's not one person. No. It's not one member. We all have separate jobs, separate purposes. Right. We all have um, different things that we have to do and we all come together. And it's kind of like, I thought of it too as, um, it's, I love how it's all under the head and Christ being the head. Right. Um, like if the rest of your body didn't listen to your brain, that would be terrible. That would be awful. <laughs> Nothing be, would get accomplished, right? No, no. If like you're, if there was like a disconnect between your brain and your, uh, legs, you're going nowhere, are you? Right. You're not accomplishing nothing. Exactly. So if you don't gather together and, you know, dive into the scripture and a, a preacher gives a message gives it to the people to take out into the world, you don't know what the commission is. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing out in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people think that, oh, going to church, you got to realize going to church might not just be for you. There oh, yeah. might be somebody who needs you there to help them. Like, I'm not just talking about accountability partner, but, you know, you might not be there on the purpose of I need to be there for me, but I need to be there for others for because others, the yeah. body is not made of one member. It needs everybody to participate so that we can get the, uh, the most accomplished. We, right. can get, we can get more done. Um, we're better together. And then I have for the last one, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. This one is really good because, like I said, it might not just be for you. It might be for others, but yeah. it could also really be for short, you. really short, but it's... Yeah, but it says, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So if there are out of any reasons that you should be going to church is because you need other iron to mm-hmm. sharpen you. You need other people to sharpen you and you need to sharpen other people. Mm-hmm. Like the, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Sorry. And I talked about this last week when we were saying why the podcast yeah. failed, you know, there are things that Sawyer is really good at that. I am not good at, and he can help me be better mm-hmm. at that because he, he is strong in that part of his vice life. Versa. Right. And the same thing, there's other, there's parts where I'm, I'm uh, stronger in that area than mm-hmm. Sawyer, and he may, might need my. Bro. All right, we're cutting. <laughs> I <laughs> he, don't have a he voice. May, he might need my help. Speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> we're just on the struggle bus. Um, and he may need my help to to sharpen up in that area, right? And so, and I think a good analogy is kind of like the the wolf pack analogy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you always hear about the the lone wolf, like oh, that's mm-hmm. so hard. In reality, that's not that hard yeah. because wolves hunt in a pack for a reason if there's one wolf going out and there's a predator that's bigger than he that than that wolf Mm -hmm. that wolf is screwed like it's done for for, right but when they hunt in a pack and they run into a bigger predator they now are stronger because they're together they have multiple you know sources of strength to pull from and so i think and if anything going to church 
is for other people just as much as it's for you and vice versa, right? Yeah. You know, you're not maybe not just going to church for yourself, but to, to help somebody else out, mm-hmm. be the iron that people can sharpen off of. Um, James 5.16, it says, so it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Uh, the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. That's just one other thing. I, I was going to pull up because there's a ton of one another scriptures. Like you can literally just type in one another scriptures in the Bible and it's going to pull up tons mm-hmm. of it. It's, so obviously what that says to me is that community is a big part of Christianity. Right. Like you need people. You need other Christians in your life. You need um, those mentors. You need people who you get to mentor, or at least they need you. Um, like, like community is a huge part of Christianity and your walk. Who you're, it's kind of like that. What, what's that? Um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Oh, yeah. Like that's yeah. the whole thing. Like who you have around you and who. Now, I'm not saying that you should only be friends with people who are Christians and stuff like that. Nothing's going to get done that way. No. But at least your circle or your, you know, your, the people who are going to pour into you. They need to be Christians. You need to be with the body. You need to be, um, uh, I'll give an analogy. We talked about it when we conceptualized this one, the zebra analogy. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think this one's really cool because what's the main predator of zebras? Lions. And what does it say about the devil? He's, He's like a, a roaring lion, lion. Yeah. seeking to devour. I yeah. always thought that was cool. Yeah. But um, the zebra analogy is that um, the one, so when lions hunt zebras, it's not the weakest one or the youngest or the uh, slowest or smallest that gets taken out. It's the one that separates themselves from the pack. Because if you've ever seen zebras together, when they all kind of get together, you can't tell one from the other. Right. They all kind of blend into one another. So they can't. And how lions hunt, they, they seek and they, they want to attack one. They have to single out one. Right. They need a target for them all to... And um, so when they're all gathered like that, they can't hunt. They can't hunt that way because they cannot distinguish one from the other. I, I, I just think that's a great analogy for the church. Like power in numbers. Yeah, there's power in numbers. Be together. Be there for one another. Um, don't, you know, don't isolate yourself. Like if you're, I mean, if you're feeling a certain way, I know we talked about some things like maybe you feel shame or you feel because you're still in that kind of double life phase of, you know, you've got things that you're working through that you have to give up. Don't let shame separate you from like, ah, oh, man, I don't belong there. Yeah. Or I don't, you know. And uh, the probability of you making those mistakes that you're trying to get out of, mm-hmm. the probability of you doing those things when you're surrounded by good people that, you know, decrease yeah, drastically. They, right. They decrease uh, tremendously. So, yeah, the company you keep. Yep. And like you said, show me your friends, show me, I'll show mm-hmm. you your future. Like that's, that's a big thing. You want to surround yourself with good people that are, are even better than you are in a sense. Yeah. Um, so that you can, you know, strive to be better as, as a, you know, as yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of all I have. I did want to read you this thing that I was telling you about yesterday. Oh uh, yeah. You teased me a little bit with this. And I, the reason I thought of this was that this was hanging in my dad's house. My dad had a, a picture of this in, in his house. And I thought about this the other day whenever I was, uh, you know, kind of looking at what we were going to talk about. And um, when I was going, and, and to give you a little context, this picture has been hanging in my dad's house as long as I've been alive. Okay. I had never looked at it, not okay. once, until I was about 19 years old. I was living with my dad. 
I was going through a hard time and I was kind of like not questioning my faith, but I was really like struggling, I guess yeah. you could say. And I, I was, and the way my house is designed is um, when you come out of the steps from the basement, which is, I lived in the basement. When you come up from the steps and you open the door, that picture is right there in front of the door. I never looked at it <laughs> until this one day I was coming up the stairs. I was kind of in the slumps and I want to read it to you. And it says, one night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times there were one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life, when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I've noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there were only one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you the most, have you not been there for me? And the Lord replied, The times when you see only one set of footprints is when I carried you. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, straight up chills, man. <laughs> like, it gives me chills. Like, thinking about that. And I, and I, I love, the reason I thought of this was like, like I said, I, I came up one day, I was in the dumps, and I read that, and I was like, yeah. Golly, that just struck a chord in the heart. And so um, I kind of wanted to read that to you. But at the end of the day, guys, I hope y'all took some some good uh, concepts away from this um, between you know tithing, Trinity, having a relationship with Christ, and just having a relationship with the church religiously. Um, and then what we just talked about, being a body of, body of Christ, you know, um, we all need to play a part in it. And uh, I feel like you, you will succeed in your relationship with Christ. I think uh, one last thing for maybe not just new Christians. What's that? Is that um, when, once you've been walking for a while, uh, like, like we have, um, you might kind of get into just the motions of like, you know, go to church, live a good life. I'm good to people, this and that. Um, but I think kind of what me and you ran into is we felt like we needed to do something. Yeah. And, um, that's, I think that's kind of why we're here now. And that's, I was thinking about that while we were recording this, I was thinking, man, this isn't the funniest thing in the world. This isn't the most interesting thing in the world, but at the end of the day, I'm not doing this for me. I'm not, right. and I'm, and I, this might sound bad. I'm not really even doing this for y'all. No. Like I'm doing this because I'm hoping that there's somebody out there that is going to listen to this or somebody out there that's going to watch this. And they're going to be like, that's, that's the, dis- that's what I needed. That's, that's what I needed. Yeah. This is what's going to put me back on track or this is what, you know, delivered somebody into a, a relationship with Jesus. So like I said, you might not get a lot of, a lot out of this if you're already a <laughs> Christian or you're like already in your spiritual walk, but at the same time, like this isn't for this isn't, this isn't for me. This isn't for Sawyer. Mm-hmm. This isn't for y'all. This is for God. This is for Jesus. And we, that, we just want to build up the kingdom. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. That, well, that's where we are in our walk. That's where we are. That's where we felt led to go. And this podcast almost died, but we resurrected it. It's back. We, re- we resurrected it's back. it. Just like Jesus, baby. Um, so anyways. Well, yeah, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Shooting the Breeze yep. 2.0. Um, yeah, yeah. We will be back, uh, I don't know the exact date, but two weeks from this release date. I think it's December 1st. Yeah, and we might throw a little Christmas edition in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we might a little Jingle Bells, something like that in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try to put out some more snippets. Um, I think some of y'all like that. But uh, yeah, guys, we'll see y'all around Christmas with another episode.
Yes, sir. See you.